So we are a thankful crew. Well, I said first service, the good-looking part and the smart part and all that stuff's not with us this morning. He's in Tulsa. So uh, we'll, we'll do good. It'll be good, right? So let's stand up and pray, and uh, we'll go from there. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come to you and come before you, Father, and receive from you things that we need, things that will help us through the day, through the week, through the month, through the year, Father, to put us on the course that you have for us. We ask you for utterance this morning, Father. We ask you for the words to say that will help us in any way that we need to receive from you, Father, the things that we need that will get us through the things that have been hard for us or unseemingly for us, Father. We just ask you to show us the direction that we need to take to change the things that we need to change to make it easier on us, Father, to serve you and do the things to accomplish that we need to accomplish, to be full of joy and full of victory in our lives, Father. Thank you for helping us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I told him first service, we got a good testimony in this week, Um, and I know it's going across the internet, so they're probably watching, so... uh, I'll just say it anyway. Uh, it, was a real, it was a good testimony, except for at the end of it, they corrected some of the pronunciations and some of the ways we said things around here. Uh, so I'll tell you ahead of time, I may make up a word or two here and there, and I may say things that, um, you know, I know Dave does it all the time, but uh, <laughs> we ought to start our own dictionary around here. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hey, who said those words were the only ones you could use? You know, who, who made grammar the only, you know, I mean, who said that, you know? The thing is, the spirit of the matter, you know, and uh, if I use a word and you get the spirit of what I'm saying, then that's all that matters, you know, and so uh, that's what we're wanting to get across, you know, and, and I never claimed to be an English major or nor did Keith or I know Dave didn't, so, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we, uh, we just... We care about getting the spirit of something across, you know, and, and sometimes uh, using the exact word, somebody might not understand it. You might have the exact, uh, the other day Keith said a word and I said, is that a word? And he said, yeah. Well, I didn't understand it, you know, where if he'd have used a word that may not have been a real word, I might have understood it, you know. <laughs> Who knows, you know. So uh, we want to get the spirit of something across. So uh, if you understand it, that's what matters, you know. It's like uh, Creflo tells about um, the guy that... Um, uh, got wealthy all of a sudden because he was serving God and stuff, and he got a jacuzzi, and he said he couldn't pronounce it. He pronounced it jacuzzi. Yeah, jacuzzi. He said he couldn't pronounce it, but he's got one. You ain't got one. You can pronounce it. <laughs> so uh, that's what matters. So, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll get off to a good start this morning. You know, I had it on my heart. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of television anymore, just hardly anything on there to watch, you know. But um, just recently, you know, the Olympics have been on, and uh, they inspire me because uh, they do feats and do things with their bodies that most people won't get out of bed in the morning if they don't feel good, you know. And they push their bodies past levels and past marks that most people will even try to do. And it's inspiring to me because I know, you know, I don't do, do much stuff, but I know sometimes you just don't feel like doing what you do do, you know. And you have to make yourself push past it. And um, I was telling them first service, you know, I don't know how many of those people are saved. Do you? But they do it, so many of them, without that, without the greater one inside of them. 
And if they can do and accomplish all the feats and tasks and things that they do without the greater one inside of them, what should we be able to do with the greater one inside of us? I mean, so many times, you know, you may get, like I said then, a hangnail, you know, and your finger's sore, and you don't want to do anything. And we pick on Dave around here because he says if he breaks his nail, he has to go home. So somebody last Christmas, was it last Christmas, Kim? Or Christmas, two years ago, somebody bought him some Lee Press-On nails. Because <laughs> he's all the time saying, you know, um, if I break a nail, I have to go home. Well, that's kind of the way some people are. You know, if anything bothers them, they're out for a week. You know, and then you've got other people, you know, that they'll press through anything. I know me, you know, I, Keith, Keith actually fusses at me because if, if something attacks me, I'm going to go the extra. It's like, forget it, Mr. Devil. You know, if, if my knee hurts or, or my head hurts or, or this hurts, I'm going to run five extra miles. You know, I mean, forget that. You know, I'm going to do it. And uh, so that's the way these athletes are. And they inspire me like that, you know. And so you, you don't just sit back and say, I can't do it. You get inspired, by things. And if they can do that without the Holy Ghost and without the greater one living inside of them, what should we be able to do with God and the greater one and the Holy Ghost living inside of us? It should be way far above and beyond what they're able to do. Instead of just pulling the covers up over our head and saying, I don't feel like doing it today. Well, I know for most people, this last year was like they want to pull the covers back up over their head. And they don't want to do anything. You know, if, if we were to ask in here, how many of you had a tremendously wonderful, great year, the odds would be against you. It was like, it didn't matter if it was just finances, it was like every area last year, people got attacked. It wasn't just finances. You would think, well, it was just finances last year, but it wasn't. It was so many areas last year that people got attacked. They got attacked in marriages. They got attacked with their kids. They got attacked in, in uh, uh, losing kids. They got attacked with uh, lawsuits. They got attacked, I mean, just everything under the sun. And how is it that we start off this year and it kind of seems to be going the same way with so many people? Well, I think we're going to get some answers this morning. Y'all want to change it? I think it's time we change it. I was thinking about the one guy. Let me read you the scripture first, then I'll tell you the story. Can you wait? Wait. Philippians 3. Verse 13. Brethren, I count not... This is Paul talking. He says, I count not myself to have apprehended... But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when I read that yesterday, I automatically thought about the guy. Now, I didn't get to see a lot of the Olympics. We were working from early morning to late 
last week we were out of town and stuff. But when I did get a chance to, I would flip it on so I could see him. And I watched this guy. I don't remember where he was from. Maybe he was from the U.S. I don't know. But it doesn't matter to me what country they're from because they're all having to put their bodies under. I'm telling you, it's just amazing to me. And he came down the slope, and he went up, you guys probably remember what it's even called, this thing, and he went straight up that ski chute thing, straight up in the air, and did all these flips and all this stuff. And then, but when he came down, he fell back, and his head hit the ice really, really hard. But then he got right back up and went right back up that slope again, not expecting the same thing to happen again, but to make a perfect score the next time. Forgetting what just happened to his head, forgetting that he fell, forgetting that he, the pain he had, forgetting that he hurt himself, forgetting that he did bad an hour before that, or two hours, or ten minutes, whatever it was. He had to forget how bad what he had just done was. And he had to think about how good he could do. And he could win if he did good. Now, is that what Paul's talking about? He's talking about, read it from the New Living. It says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but... I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Can we do that? Whether the past was five minutes ago when you and your spouse just had a big blow up. Or five minutes ago when you know your son or daughter or husband or wife or neighbor or whatever just was doing drugs and chewed you out. Or whether somebody just called you and gave you a bad report five minutes ago before you walked into church. Or whether you said you were going to quit smoking five minutes before you walked into church and you're still doing it. Forgetting the past. You've got to set your sights on what you want it to be, not what it has been. Doesn't matter if you had pain in your body so bad right now, that's still the past. Set your sights on what you want it to be for the future. Do you want it different for the future? Envision it. Close your eyes just a second. Think about what you want the rest of this year to be like. Think about the area that's been giving you troubles. Don't think about the past. Think about the future. I don't care if it's been this way for 30 years. Think for 30 seconds about good about it. You got it? Set that as a goal in your mind for the rest of this year. Set that as a mark, as something to press towards. 
And don't let what it's been like, what it looks like, what it feels like, what somebody says, what the devil says, take you off of that mark. Let me tell you what a mark or a goal is. It says, what one intends to do or achieve. You say, well, I've been trying to do this for 10 years and I've not accomplished it. That was yesterday. That was five minutes ago. Don't base your future on your past. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. How many times do you think those athletes fail? How many times? How many times do you think they crashed and burned and got hurt? If they would have based their future on how many times they failed that day, do you think they would have ever got gold medals? It would not have happened. They'd have said, I quit. I'm no good at this. And they would have stayed in bed. They did not base their future on what they did that day. They based it on, I can do better than this. And they had somebody pushing them, probably their coach or their parents or whatever. You've got somebody pushing you. How many of you, the Holy Ghost tells you every time you do something wrong, and you know it? Every time. You don't have to wonder if you're saying something wrong, or if you're eating something wrong, or if you're going someplace wrong, or you're spending wrong. There's no question about it. You don't need a coach. You got one. You just got to listen. It's the best coach in the world. Don't base what you want on what you had. Let's look at somebody that didn't do that. Look at Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have something inside of us that can help us to overcome no matter what the obstacles are. No matter what it looks like or what it feels like. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, We have this treasure in our earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of who? May be of you? This power is totally of yourself. You can do it on your own. That's why you've accomplished it. Huh? You failed in anything? Reckon why? Because we've been trying to do it by ourselves. If we try to quit doing it by ourselves, we might get something done. Because that's what it says. Be of God and... Not of us. Paul says, we're troubled on every side, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. How many of you feel that way? Some of you didn't even raise your hand. Skip down to verse 13. It says, we having the same spirit of faith. What is the name of the church? Faith Life Church. 
According as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We believe, who's we? Usens. There's my word. Usens believe, and therefore usens speak. But what we've been believing, we've been believing that this year is going to be, this year is just like last year. These kids, they're horrible. If my family don't get off my back, I'm never going to speak to them again. If my husband don't treat me better, you know, he didn't even buy me a Valentine's present. The men laughed, the women was quiet. What you been believing? What you've been saying, has it been negative or has it been positive? If you believe it and you say it, what's going to happen? It's going to happen. Whether it's negative or whether it's positive. And usins want the positive. We don't want the negative. But I have a concern that we've been saying the negative more than we've been saying the positive. Let's look at a few more things. Let's look at the NIV on that. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, It's written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, what spirit of faith? What spirit of faith is it talking about? We believe... And therefore we speak. Paul's talking about the Lord, Jesus, spirit of faith. So what did he do? What did he believe? Look back. Verse 8. Last year, what did you do? We won't talk about this year because I know you're already getting your confession right. Even five minutes ago you changed it, right? Yeah, okay. So uh, here we are. We were troubled on every side. And we said... Oh my God, what are we going to do? We don't have the money to pay this bill. But not Paul. What did he say? We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. Did you get a little distressed? No hands, don't raise them. I did. When I heard news about starting a sister church, (laughs) I got a little distressed. But I'm not distressed anymore. Perplexed. I got real perplexed. (laughs) How in the world are we going to do this? But not in despair. Persecuted. 
Oh, we've been some of that. But not forsaken. Do you see what Paul did? It didn't matter how bad it was. He had a positive response. Didn't matter what it looked like. He didn't say what he thought or what he felt. Reckon he felt some things? Let's see what he felt. I'm going to skip ahead and then I'll come back to this other. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-five. You want to know what he felt? He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Now, I would imagine that might hurt. That's almost to death. Were you beat with rods last year? Once I was stoned. They actually thought he was dead. Anybody think you were dead last year? You may have played dead feeling sorry for yourself. This is when he's talking about. He was perplexed, but he wasn't destroyed. All these things were happening in his life. He was aboard a ship. He was shipwrecked at sea three times, a whole day and the night. He spit in the deep. I mean, bad things were happening to Paul. But he always kept his mouth working in the right direction. He never let it say what he felt. He always made it say what it was supposed to say. Now, if you want to keep things going the way that they've been going, keep saying it. I changed what I was saying. We're going to know exactly what to do. We're going to figure out how we can be transported from there to here. God can figure it out. Planes are fast, but split us down the middle. Figure it out, God. It's your problem, not mine. You said do it, figure it out. I'm going to rest. Because I know him. And I know that he's not going to help one person make another person suffer. So he's going to figure it out. And it's going to be good. So I just rest. But you have to come to that conclusion for your own thing. Everybody's got something. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at? Yours may not be that, but yours may be a bill. Or it may be a child, or it may be a spouse, or it may be whatever. But you've got something that the devil has tried to attack you with. And it all comes to your level of faith. And what are you going to do with this thing? Let's see what we should do. 2 Corinthians 4.16. The New Living says, That's why, why? The spirit of faith, we believe what we say. We never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed 
day by day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. So I can't see in my mind's eye how all this could work out. But I know when I get to heaven and I've done what he told me to do and more people are helped and more people are healed and more people are saved. What's going to matter? That I sat here and stressed over it and said I can't do it and get in a little hole and say it can't be done? Because my little mind stays in that fishbowl? Well, it's the same with you. Listen to what the Message Bible says. We're not keeping this quiet. Not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believe it, so I said it. We say what we believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. It doesn't speak all the time, but it does leak all the time. You get around people. What's happening with them? It's leaking. If bad's going on in their life, what are you hearing? Bad. You have to make yourself say the good. Okay? We, we say what we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the Master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God's making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now here are here now, today, and gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see will last forever. So you had a bad year. Are you going to have another one? Who's going to produce that? Is it left up to God or is it left up to you? Who's got control over what happens now? You're quiet. It's totally and completely left in our hands as to whether this year turns out to be good or this year turns out to be bad. And it's totally left up to this thing right here. Turn with me, if you would, 
Let's see if I can get all my scriptures all mixed up here. Man, we're going in a different angle this morning. Second service. Proverbs 6 2. What about the rest of this year? Who's it left up to? Let's find out. King James, Proverbs 6 2. You are snared with the words of the devil's plans. You are taken by the devil and his schemes for you. You are taken with the words of your neighbor's mouth, your boss's mouth, your friend's mouth, your spouse's mouth. You're taken with the words of your own mouth, usin's mouth. The Amplified says, you're snared with the words of your lips. You're caught by the speech of your mouth. Now, what does it mean to be caught? If you're caught, are you moving forward? If you're caught, what's happened to you? You're stuck in last year or in the bad spot or wherever you don't want to be. The NIV says you've been trapped. What does it mean to be in a trap? By what you said. Ensnared by the words of Dave's mouth. Your friend's mouth. Jim's mouth. Somebody can confess something bad over you and it's going to happen to you. Who are you ensnared by? What does 1 Corinthians 10.13 say? Put it up there for us real quickly. I think this will help everybody. See any words in there? He's not going to tempt you beyond what you're able to take it. But he's going to make you a way out. A way out of a trap. What's that way out? This thing right here. It starts with your mouth. It starts with what you're saying. You want to change. Brother Hagen said something. I was reading one of his books yesterday. It says, if you want to develop a strong faith life, then continually tell the Lord what he's doing for you. The more you talk about it, the more real it becomes to you. So the more you talk about how broke you are, the more real being broke is going to be to you. The more you talk about how bad your marriage is, how bad your kids are, 
how bad those people abuse you, how bad you don't have any work, how bad you don't know what you're supposed to do. Oh, I just don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't know where we're supposed to be. I don't know what we're supposed to do. How big is that going to get? Really big. But if you start saying, we have all we need. How many of you have ever heard about the in him scriptures? In him I can do. In him I can be. In him I can say. In him I can go. In him I can possess. In him I am everything. You know what? It's sad to say. People say this all the time, but it's not true. People say, in yourself, you're absolutely nothing. Well, God paid a big price for nothing. I don't really believe that, that you're totally nothing without him. You're still something, but he'd really like for you to be in him. I don't believe you're totally valueless because he paid a price for you. But in him, you're everything and you can do everything and you can be everything. And you can have everything. I took the time yesterday and put some scriptures together for you in him scriptures. They'll hand them to you as we go out the door. They, it's got all of them. But I want to know how many of you in here, the devil told you something bad today about yourself. Something negative. Anything. Yeah. Maybe you've got dumb hair, or maybe you look dumb, or maybe you were, that looks dumb on you, or maybe you, uh, you know, are not too smart, or maybe you can't do it, or maybe uh, you'll never have it, or maybe something. What did you do? What did you do? You just let him say it. Right? It just went in and just sat. Or did you even agree with him, maybe? That's what most people do. Is that what we should do? That's why we have to open our mouths. That's why we have to say things. When he tells us something, we have to say the proper thing in response to what he has told us. What did Jesus do when the devil talked to him? Did he just let it fall and ignore it? He just thought, oh, he don't, he don't matter. The devil doesn't really matter. I'm just, I am just going to ignore the devil because what he says doesn't matter. Is that what he did? That's what we do. He took him serious enough to take the time to answer him with the word. And find the word to answer him. 
Jesus himself did. Should we take the devil serious enough that when he tells us something, 